This is thatsinthebible.com. That's in the Bible, podcast number 71, How to Have a Healthy Heart. Troublesome times are here, filling men's hearts with fear. Freedoms we all hold dear, now is at stake. Humbling your hearts to God, saves from the chastening rod. Seek the way pilgrims trod, Christians away. Jesus is coming. Hello and welcome. My name's Steve, got the right name this time. I'm the last string filling in for Eric and all of this introduction stuff, so hopefully we'll get it through. We're glad that you joined us and uh, hope you enjoy the podcast, podcast number 71, given by Eric this time, How to Have a Healthy Heart. We have a full uh, uh, load of people here, I guess you could say everybody's here. Why don't we go ahead and go around the horn, Pastor Strobel. How yes, I Going well, and I am in. You're in. In and Christ that... and in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Yeah, doing good. I'm glad I could be here. Yeah, and Eric. And always glad to be here. And Steve, you did great on the introduction. I, I think you're a natural host here. Amen. <laughs> well, take over. Do the rest. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want to deprive you. We'd like to uh, say for our insider members who can join for a nominal fee of twenty nine ninety five a month, <laughs> you can hear Steve's original take. Yes. <laughs> who was not Steve at all. <laughs> That's oh, easy, to get, easy to get yeah. confused. Yeah. Well, well, we're glad that you're here for this podcast, and it's a special one because uh, Eric is doing the podcast today, so he's going to be doing the lesson. So we're glad for mm-hmm. that. Well, let's go ahead and uh, go through uh, with everybody, see how they're doing uh, the last couple of weeks. We've been away for a little while. So, uh, uh, Matt, why don't you uh, let people know what's going on? Hey, man, we're doing good here. And uh, we had some really hot weather. It was in the 50s and uh, <laughs> sweating, you know. Wow. All the kids have, they're not shorts. You know, back in New York, we call them shorts. They call them here shortcuts. And uh, so that's what, if you go up to a kid and you say, oh, you got your shorts on today. And they're like, what is that? <laughs> they're like, I have shortcuts on. I said, oh, okay, shortcuts. <laughs> but uh, Shortcuts, yeah, where, does, really hot where does that here. come from, Matt? Shortcuts. I really have no idea. Hmm. I don't Probably know. cutting off the jeans. Ah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess maybe they couldn't get shorts for a while and they just cut them off. So, yeah. So it's been been nice. Now it's back down, you know, to the 40s and rainy and and all that, but everything's going well. We're getting ready for Vacation Bible School coming up on this Wednesday, so two days away, and about finished with the castle here, and um, and then we do have uh, team camp coming up, too, so we're getting excited about all those things. Amen. Amen. Pastor Strobel. Amen. Doing well here as well. We are enjoying the warm weather, which is considerably warmer than it is in Arctic Alaska. Yes. Um, we're <laughs> more probably in the high 80s again here today, sunshine. But uh, this gives us a good opportunity for doing uh, outdoor ministry as well. Um, we've been having a good time, a door-to-door visitation, which, which we do in the winter also. Um, but uh, it's especially a good time for street work. The last couple of weeks on visitation, we've had uh, good opportunities to uh, deal with people and, uh, and witness, and then just uh, also, again, enjoying the uh, outdoor uh, preaching, street preaching, which we do in our area at a corner 
of the main strip, which is uh, Transit Road or Route 78, and then uh, kind of the entryway to, to Tops. And we uh, just get a good opportunity to to get out the Word of God. And sometimes it's hard to know what it's like until you get out there and do it. Um, but we've had, I remember, we've we've had some interesting folks join us through the years from our church. We've had a couple of um, our older uh, folks join us who have now since gone to heaven. But I remember we had um, a man named Colbert <clears throat> who came out there, and he was like, 90 some years old when he went out and um, he wanted to go out and join us so we got him a place to sit and he was holding the sign and i can still see his face as he's looking around and and he said to me uh man this is really getting out the word of god (laughs) (laughs) amen amen and it was that's good. Amen. And also, I had a good day at church yesterday. A couple, oh, I've done something. I don't think I've done it in the whole time I've been here, but we had a, uh, other than a missions conference, but we had a mission uh, day and we had a different missionary in the morning and then a different one at night. And uh, some good folks that we have already known and um, Brother Jeff Williams from New Zealand, who's mm-hmm. been doing a great work there for, I believe, all, about 27 years. Amen. At him in the morning. My wife and I got to take a trip to New Zealand to be with him and, and his church and some of the other churches that he'd started um, back in February of 2016 and, uh, and just take part in the ministry as well. And one of the great things they have going on over there is they are allowed to just go from from house to house and put tracks in people's mailboxes. They call them letter boxes there. And I had heard about him telling about that for years, and it was a blessing to be there with him and actually participate in it. Amen. And then just to wrap it up also, on the evening we had another missionary, and that was Brother Ed Cullen, who's pastored in Medina, Grace Baptist Church Medina, for about 13 years and now has been on the uh, U.S. Virgin Island of St. Croix for about 16 years. Mm-hmm. And it's good to see what he was doing and the Lord's uh, using them over there and um, they're still recovering from uh, a recent hurricane uh, last year, I believe it was. And um, but uh, doing the work and uh, it's a blessing. Amen. Eric, Amen. how about you? Well, let's see. It's pretty warm here in the Finger Lakes region, and we are, we seem to be consistently in the low 90s, sometimes mid 90s. So mm. uh, it's I'm kind of you know ready for Matt's weather. <laughs> yeah, it's 50, 50 <laughs> degrees again at least. And um, got to spend some uh, additional time in church, which was a blessing. Wednesday, we went to uh, Old Paths Bible Church um, outside of Rochester, New York, Holly, New York, and then got to hear uh, Brother James Knox preach, and that was Wednesday night. And then we, Thursday during the day, we took a long, we took a drive uh, along the uh, Lake Ontario, along that Seaway Trail, which is pretty scenic. Mm-hmm. And uh, got to get a lot of fresh fruit. We got some sweet cherries that were, you know, right uh, right off the tree, and those were good. And we got some blueberries, some fresh blueberries, and uh, it's just a it was a gorgeous day. We had a we had a really fun fun day. And then Thursday night went back to hear uh, Pastor Knox preach again, and then we heard him again Friday morning, and then Friday night at our church. At uh, Bible Baptist Fellowship, we had a youth rally, so we went to that, and, and uh, then back in church again yesterday. Amen. And then, you know, just reading the Bible a lot, too, and, and still amazed how, what a great book that is. 
you know, God's word. And yeah. it's just so full of things that, I, you know, I was like, wow, I don't remember reading this part. <laughs> and, I, and I know I have, but you yep. know, you're always, I'm always finding new things. And, uh, and I've started to do now, which I, I always said I was going to do and I haven't done. It's just keep a note, notepad next to, to me. And as I go through each book, you know, to write down things that I catch and things I want to remember. As I, at the moment, I, I, I read them and I think, oh, yeah, that's good. I'm going to remember that, but I don't. So I'm mm-hmm. trying to make note of those. Amen. So that was good. It was, it was a blessing. Amen. Amen. Well, I, uh, I need to mention this for all of those that uh, listen on the podcast. Uh, we were contacted, or actually Eric was contacted initially by one of our listeners who was going to be coming up into the western New York area gentleman by the name of Greg and, and uh, wanted to make contact with uh, Pastor Strobel or myself in regards to coming to uh, one of our churches uh, there on the Sunday when they were visiting the area. And uh, I made overtures. I believe Pastor Strobel made overtures to him. And uh, he and his family showed up yesterday and uh, to our church. And it was a blessing to have he and his family there and uh, had good fellowship with him. Uh, it was kind of interesting. He we had mentioned, I, I asked him how he had come in contact with us, uh, you know, or found our website and, and happened to listen. And he was uh, teaching a Bible study in his church and was doing research for something. And uh, a keyword came up and our website showed up. And so he checked it out to find out if it met uh, his standards and so forth, whether it was King James and, and some of the other things. And so he started listening to that particular podcast and kind of got him hooked. And, and uh, he told me yesterday that uh, he had listened to all the podcasts that we had done. So uh, he has endured much, much abuse over the years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't ask him how long it took him to get through all all 70 of them, but uh, it was it was still a blessing. Uh, the boys Amen. and I, boys and I, have had a chance to to sing at a, a special meeting for a couple of nights uh, here just uh, last week, and uh, that was a blessing to be able to do that. So uh, just been busy and uh, some things going on around the church, and and uh, some things just uh, I guess I could say unspoken that I'd like for folks to pray about. And uh, that we'd be able to get through with a, with a good spirit and so forth. So, uh, if you'd just pray for that. But uh, speaking of special, I think today <laughs> yes. was the day that Matt was supposed to sing a special for us. Matt, are you ready? You know, I've been having this scratchy throat that, oh, that I've been go. dealing with. You know, <laughs> here we go. And you know, I don't want anybody to get the wrong idea about how my voice really sounds. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off. I think for today. You are? Oh, you know, if you want me to, I will. <laughs> do you want me to? I do. I do. I think you know, you sh- I think Pastor Strobel wants me to, and, and you do. So I, I would uh, like to say to everybody, though, that I, we did see that Matt actually was working on a castle. We saw yes. that video pre-programmed. So. You might want to uh, explain that again, though. <laughs> he sounds the, like Don me? Quixote or something. He's out working <laughs> Chasing windmills and building a castle. <laughs> well, we saw the castle. I can't vouch for what it's for, but Matt, what was it for? Well, we uh, we have vacation Bible school coming up, and it's uh, the theme is knights and and all that, and of course the uh, whole armor of God. And so I built a big castle that's going to take up the whole front of the church, um, <laughs> and it's all built out of 
uh, plywood, so it's pretty heavy. So it's going to be solid. So pretty excited about it. Oh, but you know, I have been practicing. I have been practicing for my special. And uh, Pastor Trouble, will you just give me a C real quick, and I'll, I'll get it started? <laughs> well, if you turn the video on, I could do it in sign language. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hold on here. Let, let me get ready here. Okay. I'll, here we go. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains lose all their guilty stains lose all their guilty stains and sinners plunge beneath that flood That fountain in his day, and there may I, though vile as he, wash all my sins away, wash all my sins away, wash all my sins away, and there. See you. 
Matt, that's hey, amazing man. that you could see all of those voices all at the same time. You okay? Your boy, my right throat. <clears throat> boy, that really took it out of me. They don't call him the boy wonder for nothing. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Although he sounded an awful lot like Steve. <laughs> so that, that was you, Steve, right? Yeah, that was uh, uh, myself and uh, my three sons that were singing with me yeah. in, in June. And uh, that's a blessing. I enjoy singing with them. So, oh, great. It's, uh, I was hooting and hollering. I had the mute button on, but it was good. <laughs> uh, amen. Well, anything else? I did want to say I forgot to mention we just had a huge blessing a few days ago. And actually, it was uh, a week ago, just this day. Uh, the last King's Kids that we had, we ha- we've had this. Uh, a couple kids, their brother and sister, they fly in every summer. So they, this is their third summer since we've been here that uh, they've been here. Um, she had mentioned, we realized that she was trusting in kind of herself and, and all that. Cause she goes to a church that doesn't preach the gospel. And so we've been praying for her while she came back this summer, she's still here. And she was the last one going out of the church building. And I was going out as well. And everybody else was still in the church um, cleaning up and things. And, and all the rest of the kids were in the van. And, and uh, so she was kind of lagging behind a little bit. And uh, she just looked at me and she said, you know, before I leave, I really wanted to get saved tonight. <laughs> and that was such a blessing. I said, I said, really? Well, you know, why don't let's go back inside, you know? And so in front of all the kids that were in the van looking at her, she turned right around, went back into the church building, and uh, and uh, Darianne Serino was able to lead her to the Lord. And, uh, I mean, you could just see the change where, you know, last year she believed she was fine, that, you know, of course she wasn't trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ. She was trusting in, you know, a lot of her works and things. And then just it finally clicked. The Lord got a hold of her. And, and you could see after I had dropped all the kids off and came back, you could just see just, you know, the her face, it was lit up, you know, with joy. And so that's just such a blessing. So I just wanted to, I wanted to share that. And, uh, you know, the fact, just never give up, you know, just Amen. never give up on anybody. And even though it took three years, uh, she's finally uh, received Christ as her Savior. So praise the Lord for that. Amen. Amen. All right. Anybody else? All right, Eric, are you ready to give us the study on how to have a help? I am. Let's get started. All right. I know we had a little technical glitch there, but <clears throat> I'd just like to pray before we get started. Heavenly Father, uh, thank you for the opportunity to, to present this this lesson today, Lord. And again, how merciful and how great you are, Father. And for all that you've given to us, all that you've done for us, salvation through you. And uh, Lord, I just pray that uh, the word would go out, wouldn't come back void, Father, and it would be a blessing to those that are hearing. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. It probably won't come as a surprise to anyone that heart disease is the number one killer of people in the United States every year. Think about it. Each year, over 600,000 Americans die of heart disease. It also probably doesn't come as a surprise that many cases of heart disease can be prevented through lifestyle changes. So what does that mean? That means, you know, quitting smoking, eating a healthier diet, exercising at least 30 minutes a day, five days a week, and maintaining a healthy weight. So what we have here is a serious problem and really a prescription on how to fix the problem. Well, 
if not entirely fix it, then certainly go a long way to mitigating the occurrences of heart disease for a lot of people. So my question for you today is, how is your heart? Is it healthy? I know what you're thinking. Hey, isn't this supposed to be about topics from the Bible? All right, glad you asked. Today we're going to take a look at what the Bible says about the heart, but not just any heart, your heart and my heart. You know, the heart that you feel beating in the center of your chest is an important organ. Some say it's perhaps the, the most important because without it pumping that you know, life-giving blood that flows through your body to every organ, your brain and all the other organs, and you know, you'll die. But the Bible speaks of something else too, which God has identified as your heart. Let's take a look in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29. That's Jeremiah in the Old Testament. Chapter 29, we're going to start in verse 12. Jeremiah, beginning in verse 12 of chapter 29. The Bible says, Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And ye shall seek me and find me, when ye shall search for me with all your heart. What does the word heart here mean? Obviously, it's not the organ which is pumping blood in the center of your chest and keeping you alive. Let's look to the Bible, comparing Scripture with Scripture for the definition of what God is referring to when he's talking about the heart. As we look at today's study in the heart, we're going to see that God talks about three areas that define the heart. Let's take a look at the first one. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 8. The book of Proverbs, chapter 8. In Proverbs, chapter 8, we're going to look at verse 5. The Bible says, O ye simple, understand wisdom, and ye fools be of an understanding heart. Notice the connection with an understanding heart. Let's see that again in 1 Kings chapter 3. So let's turn to 1 Kings. And we're going to take a look at chapter 3. All right, 1 Kings chapter 3, we're going to look in verse 9. In 1 Kings chapter 3, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream and asked him what he should give him. Well, let's actually pick it up in verse 7 for Solomon's response. The Bible says, And now, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David my father. And I am but a little child. I not know how to go out or come in. And thy servant is in the midst of thy people which thou hast chosen, a great people that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people, that I may discern between good and bad, for who is able to judge this so great a people? And the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. And God said unto him, Because thou hast asked this thing, and hast not ask for thyself long life, neither hast asked riches for thyself, nor hast asked the life of thine enemies, but hast asked for thyself understanding to discern judgment. Behold, I have done according to thy words. 
Lo, I have given thee a wise and an understanding heart, so that there was none like thee before thee, neither after thee shall arise any like unto thee. So here we see the connection again with understanding and the heart. We're going to look at a lot of scriptures today, so I hope you have your Bible ready to go. So let's turn to Luke now. The book of Luke in the New Testament, obviously, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and we're going to look at chapter 1, verse 51. Luke 1, 51. Talking about God, it says, He hath showed strength with his arm, he hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. Here we see another attribute of the heart, and this one is identified as imagination. Let's look at the next chapter in Luke and see the connection of the heart with our thoughts. Look at Luke chapter 2, verse 35. Bible says, Yea, a sword shall pierce through my own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Let's see the thoughts of our heart connected again with a verse that I'm sure many of you are familiar with. Turn to the book of Hebrews. We're going to look at chapter 4. That's Hebrews chapter 4. And verse 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So there we have thoughts again connected with the heart. Let's look also at another attribute of the heart that is related to the attributes of understanding, imagination, and thoughts, and that is reasoning. Turn back to Luke again. We're going to look at chapter 5. And we're going to take a look at verse 22. But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answering said unto them, What reason ye in your hearts? Here we have reasoning connected with the heart. So what we might call the intellect, God calls reasoning. You know, thoughts, imagination, understanding, those are all attributes of the heart. So these make up the first part of the heart that we're going to look at. Let's think about this. How many people are using their abilities to reason and to think and to know about God? When God asks you to know him, he is asking you to use your reasoning, your thinking, what we would call your intellect. You know, a lot of people say, well, I, I don't have the faith, you know, that it takes to, to just believe, you know, whatever on a God or anything like that. But, you know, it's not a matter of blind faith. Whatever mental capabilities we have, God expects us to use them to find him. We can use this first part of the heart to accomplish great things for God. Let's take a look at the second part of the heart found in the Bible. Now, this is the part that so many of us are probably already familiar with, and that's the emotions of the heart. You know, we associate that symbol of the heart with the emotion of love. And this is biblically uh, a connection of the heart, but let's look in Romans chapter 5, verse 5. 
That's Romans chapter 5, verse 5. And in Romans 5, 5, it says, And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. But there are other motions of the heart as well. There are other motions other than love, such as here we saw the love of God. But we're also going to take a look at some others. And Luke, back to Luke again, in chapter 21. Book of Luke, chapter 21. And we're going to look at verse 25. Luke 21, 25 says, And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. Verse 26, Men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. So we see the connection here with fear. Again, let's look at... uh, Let's look at Luke 24. Just a few pages over. Luke chapter 24. We're going to look at verse 30. Start in verse 30. Luke 24, 30. Bible says, And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it and brake and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way, and while he opened to us the scriptures? Here we see the hearts connected with strong emotions, just as we saw with fear and love. So we see again that the Bible connects the heart with emotions, or gives the heart another attribute as being the seat of the emotions. Let's take a look at Second Corinthians. We're going to see the seat of emotions at work again and connected with the heart. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, Second Corinthians chapter 2, we're going to start in verse 1. But I determine this with myself that I would not come again to you in heaviness. For if I make you sorry, who is he then that maketh me glad, but the same which is made sorry by me? In verse 3, And I wrote the same unto you, lest when I came I should have sorrow with them of whom I ought to rejoice, having confidence in you all, that my joy is the joy of you all. For out of much affliction and anguish of heart I wrote unto you with many tears, not that you should be grieved, but that ye might know the love which I have more abundantly unto you. Notice the connection here with the heart and those emotions. Affliction, anguish, sorrow, heaviness, joy. All here in this verse, these verses. Let's also take a look in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 65. I know we're hitting a lot of verses today, but rather than just uh, 
have me talk about my opinion or what I think this is. I think it's good that we open up the Bible and have a Bible study. 65, Isaiah 65, we're going to start in verse 13. Therefore thus saith the Lord God, Behold, my servants shall eat, but ye shall be hungry. Behold, my servants shall drink, but ye shall be thirsty. Behold, my servants shall rejoice, but ye shall be ashamed. Behold, my servants shall sing for joy of heart, but ye shall cry for sorrow of heart, and will howl for vexation of spirit. So there we see the connection again of emotions, joy of heart, and sorrow of heart. Let's see that one more time in Nehemiah. You know, heart's all through the Bible. And um, what brought this study about also was the fact that I kept seeing the word heart, and, and I thought, wow, it's all through the Bible. I want to know more about it. I want to see what the Bible says about heart itself. So let's turn to Nehemiah. We're going to start in chapter 2. In verse 2. Now, just for a little background, Nehemiah is the king's cupbearer, and he has gotten word that the walls of Jerusalem are, are down. They're not up. And he's upset about that. And, um, well, you'll see what happens. With the king notices, you know, Nehemiah, Nehemiah has uh, a plan. He'd like to go and, and get those walls set up. So that's where we pick up in, in verse 2. He's appearing before the king. So this is uh, the king talking to Nehemiah. It says, Wherefore the king said unto me, Why is thy countenance sad, seeing thou art not sick? This is nothing else but sorrow of heart. Then I was very sore afraid. So you've got the king recognizing sorrow, but he refers to it, and God refers to it as sorrow of heart. Heaviness and sorrow of heart. Romans 9, back to the New Testament. Romans chapter 9. And we're going to see that here in verse 2. I say the truth in Christ, I lie not, my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost, that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. So we see again that these strong emotions are connected with the heart. So we've looked at two aspects as God defines the heart, and they are the part that contains understanding, imagination, thoughts, reasoning, or what we might call the intellect of the heart. And we just look now at the second part of the heart, what might be called the emotions of the heart, those containing fear, joy, sorrow, heaviness, affliction, anguish, and so on. Now let's take a look at the third part of the heart as found in the Bible. The third part is the will of the heart, or the will or determined purpose. Let's look at Ecclesiastes. The book of Ecclesiastes. And if you found Psalm and Psalms and Proverbs, then right after Proverbs begins Ecclesiastes. And we're going to take a look at Ecclesiastes chapter 8. 
Ecclesiastes chapter 8. Here we're going to see that the heart has a determined purpose to do evil. In Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 11, it says, Because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set into them to do evil. You know, it's also great truth and indictment of our court system, but that's really for another study. But we can see that there's a, a willing heart here, a will to do evil. They're set, they're determined, they have a purpose. Let's go back to the New Testament again and see this similar thing in the book of Acts. This again being the third part of the heart. We've looked at the intellect of the heart, understanding, imagination. Um, we've looked at the emotions of the heart. Now we're looking at the will of the heart. So we're going to look at the book of Acts, chapter 11. The book of Acts, chapter 11, and we're going to start in verse 22. Then tidings of these things came unto the ears of the church which was in Jerusalem, and they sent forth Barnabas, that he should go as far as Antioch, who, when he came and had seen the grace of God, was glad, and exhorted them all, that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. Here we see the will or determined purpose as Barnabas exhorts the early Christians at Antioch to stay close or to cleave to the Lord. The Holy Spirit referring to it here as purpose of heart. In this case, unlike the example that we looked at earlier in Ecclesiastes 8.11, we have a good and right purpose and will of the heart. Let's see this will again in the New Testament here in the book of Ephesians. Turn to Ephesians. And we're going to look at chapter 6 and verse 6. Well, let's start in verse 5 for context. Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in singleness of your heart as unto Christ not with eye service as men-pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. Here again, we see the will, or doing the will of God, connected with an attribute of the heart. So with these three attributes of the heart, what we are calling the intellect, uh, also the emotions of the heart, and then the will of the heart, we can follow God with our whole heart. We want to be balanced in these attributes of the heart. Having the intellect of the heart, you know, knowing the facts of the Bible, but not having the emotions or the passions toward God, and not having the will or the determined purpose to act on what we know, that's not following God with our whole heart. If you've ever known someone who is all about the facts, you know, has the facts of the Bible and can quote a lot of verses, but really has no passion or emotion, you will know what I mean. Similarly, while having a good factual knowledge of the Bible, or the intellect of the heart, and not having the purpose of or will of the heart to witness the lost or teach a Sunday school class, what good is that Bible knowledge locked away inside your head? 
Can you imagine, for example, if Paul took his knowledge and never wrote with passion and will to the other churches in the New Testament, or never preached or witnessed to others, how much poorer we all would be for it? You know, those three parts of the heart we really should have in balance. If you just had emotion of your heart and were and everything centered around emotionality or emotions, and you didn't have the facts of the Bible, you didn't have your doctrine straight, or you didn't have the will to do anything, where would you be? It was all emotion, all about feelings. You know, I, I think perhaps the, sometimes the, um, what we call the charismatic speaking in tongues, the emphasis on feelings, it, it may have that part of the heart, but they, they, they are centering on that heart. They're not using all three in balance. Then you also have a person that maybe doesn't uh, think too much about the facts or even get all that emotionally involved, but they're doers and they're constantly going and and doing things, but really without knowledge or without emotion, you know. It's one of the things when we say, you know, that person has their whole heart into it. They have all three of those things in balance. So let's, let's look at this. Being aware of these aspects of the heart, what now? The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, we're to keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. You see, once we get saved, we are here to keep our heart clean. That means the things we think about, the things we're passionate for and feed our emotions to, and the things we do, they need to be godly things. You see, left to its own devices, our hearts, like our fallen nature, will gravitate toward wickedness if we are not diligent in keeping our hearts clean. Let's look at Jeremiah. Let's go back to the Old Testament. And I think for many of us, again, this is going to be a familiar verse, but it doesn't hurt to look at it one more time. And Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9. Jeremiah 17, verse 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? That's Jeremiah 17, 9. So you hear, you see the heart left on its own. It's wicked. Also referring back to Noah's day, the Bible says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. That's found in Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. Now I know you may say, well, I'm saved. God has created a new heart in me. But listen, we all know that once we are saved, we still have the capacity and we still do sin. We have the earnest of the promise. We will be sinless until we see Christ. So it's important that we feed our intellect of the heart with right things. Why? Because the Bible says, For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. That's found in Matthew fifteen nineteen. You know, we need to think on right things. The Bible says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. 
Philippians 4.8. You know, what you think on, what you give your emotions to, what you do, they all affect your heart. That is why we should have the intent as is found in Psalms. Chapter 101, verse 3, where it says, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. We also need to memorize and meditate on God's word. The Bible says, Thy word have I hid in mine heart, that I might not sin against thee. From Psalm 119, verse 11. This is why your daily Bible reading is so important. We needed to combat the sin and wickedness that is all around us and to keep our minds fixed on right things. A few verses prior in Psalm 119, we find in verse 9 and 10, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. O let me not wander from thy commandments. If you tuned into this podcast today and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, you may be thinking, eh, my heart's okay. I'm just good as the next guy. But remember, the Bible says, every way of man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord pondereth the hearts. Proverbs 21.2 You may be able to fool those around you, but God knows your heart. He knows what you think about and imagine. He knows what you give your emotions to. And he knows what you set your will to do. The Bible says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23 You see, when you stand before God, he's not going to judge you based on how good you were compared to your neighbor. He's going to judge you based on sin. Did you ever sin while you were here on earth? And your answer, if you're honest, is yes, you did. You're going to be found guilty before God. And hell will be your future. Unless you repent of your sins and call call upon the Lord Jesus Christ to save you and trust in him alone and not your good works, you will go to hell. You may say, well, I'm not ready yet. I've got a lot of living to do. I'll think about it later. And and it just doesn't affect me right now. I'm I'm not thinking about it. Well, you need to consider that you, you know what? You may never be ready if you're not seeking God with your whole heart. You know, going to church at Easter and at Christmas and the occasional wedding or funeral and spending the rest of your time with work, television, and and the noise and demands of everyday living, you may find yourself never ready to seek after God. But if you use your intellect, your emotions, and your will to seek after God, you know, your whole heart, the Bible says you will find him. And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. Jeremiah 29.13 Now, Christian, let's be diligent to keep our hearts right with God. Let's be deliberate about what we put in our minds and what we imagine and think on. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10.5, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Are the things you're imagining, are they drawing you closer to God? Things that you're thinking about, you're imagining, you're spending your time with? It's not unbiblical either, you know, to show happiness or joy for what Christ did for you on the cross at Calvary or for your sins to move you to tears, you know, as you think about the sins that you've committed before God and what he did at the cross at Calvary. 
And I know I have to be careful of even, even seemingly ordinary everyday activities that while not bad in of themselves, I have to be careful not to let them crowd out my time. I want to keep my heart pure, as pure as I possibly can. I want to think on right things, have my emotions tied to the right things, and with my will to do the right things. I want to follow God with my whole heart. I want to purify my heart. Perhaps God doesn't seem as close to you as he once did. Would you like to get that closeness back? The Bible says, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. James 4, 8. Let me leave you with this challenge. In the days to come as you read through your Bible and you come across the word heart in your reading, consider your heart. What is the state of your heart toward God? And what is the state of your heart toward others? When God looks at your heart, what is he discovering that your neighbors can't see? We started this study with noting that heart disease is the number one killer in America. Did you know that in that top 10 list of things Americans die of, that suicide also has its place on that list? Something's gone very wrong with those hurting hearts. So Christian, keep your heart with all diligence, but also use your whole heart to seek after God. And let's reach the lost, those that are suffering, those that apparently have no hope. They need the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you. Well, amen. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate the uh, admonition, the exhortation. Uh, good words. A lot of scripture. A lot of scripture. So, fellas, anything? Yeah, I think uh, that's great. You know, a lot of people are always wondering, well, what is the heart? You know, a lot of people think, uh, well, it's just the, the organ pumping in my chest, you know, and that's it. <laughs> but uh, there's a lot more to it than just that. So that's, that's a blessing. Amen. 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 Yeah, that is a vast topic. As Brother Eric was saying, there's a lot of references to heart in the Bible. You take heart singular and heart plural, just as it, those words stand themselves, there's over 900 times that it shows up yes. um, in the scriptures. And we talk about in life about getting to the heart of the matter. And really, that's what it's all about in your Christian life, as uh, Brother Eric was telling us. It's, it's getting down to the heart. What's what's going on? You know, Paul was talking to Christians uh, in the book of Ephesians, but he said to those Christians that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love in Ephesians 3.17. There's more in the context before and after that, but my point is that um, he's already talking to people that are saved, and, and they are to have Christ dwelling in their hearts by faith being rooted and grounded. And we kind of give an illustration. It's like on, in our heart, you know, there's a throne and there's a cross. And um, we are on one or the other and Christ mm -hmm. is on one or the other. Mm -hmm. So when we're on the throne, we still got Jesus Christ on the cross. But when we reckon ourselves dead indeed unto sin and, and crucified with Christ, when we allow ourselves that crucified life, and put Christ on the cross or on the throne. That's where he is. He's on the throne, and then we're on the cross. And really, it's like who is reigning on the throne of your heart? Is it is it you? And keeping him crucified, crucifying the yourself, the Son of God afresh, 
or is it uh, Jesus Christ and you being dead indeed unto sin and alive unto God through him? Amen. Amen. Amen, Eric. I, you know, there were some things, obviously, a lot of things that you said that uh, really, uh, uh, you know, dealt with my heart, you know, and just kind of reminders of, of things, you know, as, as long as you've been saved or as long as I've been saved, let's put it that way, I put personally, uh, you <laughs> You hear something like this, and there's always a challenge in there for you. You know, you you think you would think after being saved over 40 years that that uh, you'd kind of have a handle on these things, and and you wouldn't really need an admonition on the heart. But uh, it's always good to get an admonition on the heart because uh, mm-hmm. you know there's just this world beats on you, and it uh, uh, it it strives to pull your heart away from the Lord. And uh, always good to hear some of those verses. You said something that that kind of triggered uh, a thought in me, and and I've had this notion, this idea that uh, you know never confuse emotions with feelings. And that may sound kind of uh, an odd thing to say, but but emotions are good things. God made us emotional, uh, and uh, if you're moved by the right thing, your emotions can be a great asset to you in serving the Lord. Mm-hmm. But uh, feelings can can draw you astray, uh, especially if they're artificially produced. And since I'm kind of musically oriented and have been for pretty much most of my life, uh, I see that really evident uh, in modern Christianity uh, today. There's there's those that are moved by their feelings, by artificial means, by the music. It's more the, the, the rhythm. It's more the, the uh, 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 how shall I say, the, the rhythmic chant of, of a phrase over and over and over again that produces a feeling of elation and so forth, and they think that they're worshiping God, uh, as opposed to being driven by uh, and, and moved by emotion by the things that are within the, the, uh, the hymn, let's say, or the preaching of the Word of God, to where you're, you're drawn closer to Him because of that. And I know that you'll probably get uh, argument from those that uh, uh, believe the other way, but I've seen the difference. I've seen where the feelings are driven artificially only last for, for a short period of time, whereas the emotion of uh, something that's driven by Scripture, uh, you know, the, the hymns, most of the hymns, a lot of the hymns were, were uh, uh, focused on, on uh, Scripture and so forth. And when you get a hold of those thoughts and ideas and they get a hold of your heart, and uh, it moves you to draw closer to him. Uh, it makes a, a huge difference and change uh, that uh, can be experienced in your life and draw you closer to God. And so uh, I've always made that distinction, uh, you know, between emotion and feeling and never confuse the two. Hmm, that's a good point. Amen. Amen. Speaking of uh, music... <laughs> we're planning a trip to go through uh, Nova Scotia and Prince Edward Island. And one of the things, you know, we're trying to do is to also attend church while we're on vacation. Mm-hmm. So I've been online looking at, you know, different churches. And of course, the, my first thought is I'm going to look at, you know, independent Bible believing churches. So putting that into Google and putting that into Nova Scotia and Prince Edward Island, you'd be surprised what you get. <laughs> what you get <laughs> when you go to look at these churches and 
typically when I start to see the pictures and I see a drum set and electric mm. guitars, I, I don't really yeah. have to don't have to go much further because I know the type of you know the music that's going to be incorporated yes. there. Amen. And, and there seems to be a lot of that. You know, it's just what happened to the to the hymns that uh, you know were were scripture and, and and they didn't rely on the world's music to well that's the whole point they they feel as if the only way that they can draw a crowd is to make it palatable for those that uh, you know are tied to the world and uh, unfortunately uh, the number of people that are 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 tied to the scripture and and uh, tied to the old hymns are becoming fewer and fewer, or less and less, whichever way that goes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, they're trying to uh, compete with the big mega churches that have drawn a lot of people away from the smaller local churches, and, and uh, they're trying to use the same means. And uh, they might grab a few, but there's compromises that are made, and, and I think it weakens the worship. Yeah. Amen. Well, I have to say too, you know, as uh, uh, I'm not that young anymore, but as a younger guy here with all these old fogies, no. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, we've got uh, you know a lot of people say, especially nowadays in uh, in the United States of America, you know, they say, "Well, follow your heart." You know, whatever your heart tells you to do, you go and do it. Don't worry about what anybody else says. You're your own master. Go out and follow your heart. And, and you know, there's nothing wrong with having dreams and, and, and having desires and things like that. But, uh, you know, we always have to uh, compare what our heart says to the Word of God. And, you know, like Proverbs 19.3, the Bible says, your heart fretteth against the Lord. Uh, <laughs> your heart, many times, is just totally against what God's will is. You know, you, you might have a desire to uh, go to Hawaii and, and just plop down there. I do. <laughs> I don't know anybody else, but I'd like to go to Hawaii and just plop down there and have, uh, you know, just a good old time there for five years or whatever. Um, but, uh, is that what the Lord says for you to do? You know, and the Bible says in Proverbs twenty eight twenty six, he that trusteth trusteth in his heart is the fool. And uh, that's not the truth, you know. And I remember when the Lord started getting a hold of my heart to come out here to Arctic, Alaska, where there's no trees, you know. And uh, one thing that I love, and, you know, growing up in upstate New York, I love trees. And I love going out and, you know, kind of the woods and being able to hear the wind rustle the leaves and things. And, you know, if I would have followed my heart, uh, I would still be in New York. And I can tell you right now, being here in Arctic, Alaska, Probably most people wouldn't see this as being a, a great place to be, uh, but for me, this is the place where I'm happiest now. And Amen. and if you would ask me, you know, four or five years ago when we first got called, uh, would you be happier in Arctic Alaska or, or in New York? And I'd say, well, my heart says right now, New York. I can't. I don't think I could ever be happy in you know Point Hope, Alaska. But see, that's where we have to follow you know the word of God and the will of God rather than our heart and the will of our heart. So I always compare it with, you know, if there's any young people listening, if if your heart says, well, I just don't feel like that's right for me because, you know, I just don't feel that way. I'll just compare it to what God's saying. Amen. 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 
And and I don't know if you were able to catch it or if we'll get put back in, but the verse when Matt was quoting, I cut out on my end, but Proverbs 28, 26, I'm just going to read it for you again. He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool, but whoso walketh wisely, he shall be delivered. But that tells you the opposite of what the world is telling you, just like right. Brother Matt was saying. Amen. And a, the great companion verse for that would be Proverbs 3, 5, and that is trust in the Lord with all thine heart mm-hmm. and Amen. lean not into thine own understanding. Right, right. And Amen. As you, as just bring it all together, as he says, you take all that, you filter it through the word of God, and um, you keep your heart right with the Lord, and uh, he'll lead you the right Amen. way. Amen. 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 All right, anything else, guys? Well, I think we should have uh, Pastor Steve do this more often. He seems to stay uh, more awake. (laughs) 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 Wonderful. (laughs) What did you say? What did you say? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? (laughs) Uh Oh, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth. Amen. Glad that you guys could be here. So who's up next? Am I up next? You're up next. I think I'm up next. All right. I'll we'll have to work out the schedule as to when that uh, when that's going to take place. So you can do it on the spleen. <laughs> That'd be wonderful. <laughs> not quite as many references. No, no, not at all. <laughs> you have to go to the Greek and Hebrew for that one. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Um, I know that, uh, Pastor Strobel, I've got a conference coming up, uh, sometime there in August. So we'll, we'll have to work on the, on the date and when we can do the podcast. So we'll do that offline when, uh, when everybody, we don't have to bore everybody with that, but, uh, all right, guys, thanks. Appreciate, uh, y'all being here. And, uh, as Eric would say, anything else for the good of the cause? <laughs> good. All right. Amen. Amen. This has been a production of the That's in the Bible podcast. To leave a comment or to ask a question, visit our website at thatsinthebible.com or email us at thatsinthebible at gmail.com or call our listener feedback voicemail at 716-584-1611. Again, that's 716-584-1611. As always, thanks for listening and press on. That's all, folks.